Hi, this is Jim Lyon, and you're listening to Viewpoint. Viewpoint today talking about the phrase and the idea, no, the reality of pure love. And with me, Kimberly Majeski. Hi, Jim. Now, Kimberly, I've asked you this before. When I say pure love, you were taken back in time to the 80s in a rap group. That's right. right? 1980s, Belle Biv DeVoe. <laughs> and was there a particular tune that comes to mind? No, not a particular tune, but I just remember that that was the soundtrack of my life when I was in a place about thinking of love every day. And you know what? As you're just kind of tripping back in time to those Mm -hmm. formative years, I'm thinking, well, boy, what's my equivalent? And you know how old I am? Karen Carpenter. Well, no, I'm going back. I'm back to Diana Ross and stop in the name (laughs) of love. (laughs) So I'm really a dinosaur. But that said, there is something about romance and about life. And there's something that just is kind of engaging that pulls us up Mm -hmm. when we think about pure love in that sense. And that's fair. But there's a deeper kind of pure love that we want to talk about on Viewpoint today that's actually a quote. It's a quote from a man who experienced God so profoundly, so transformationally, that he believed that knowing God was to taste and to be clothed by pure love. Have you ever heard of the Salvation Army, Kimberly? Oh, yes. I'm uh, very fond of many of their leaders and uh, a lot of their uh, ministers and clergy I've worked with over the years. You know, the Salvation Army has contributed so much to the larger body of Christ and actually has done so much good for heaven's sake in our world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Name one thing that you see them doing that you affirm. Feeding the poor. Feeding the poor. The Salvation Army has always had a place of ministry with the people who are disadvantaged. Mm -hmm. And of course, that's a Jesus thing, isn't it? Because Jesus Jesus seemed to be tuned up always to people who struggled and who didn't have opportunity or capacity in the way that others might, by birth or good fortune, find themselves experiencing. And so the Salvation Army follows in the footsteps of Jesus that way. There's another piece of the army that actually took them there, and that's their commitment to a doctrine called holiness. That's right. Because the Salvation Army is a people that believes, as do we, Mm -hmm. that the Holy Spirit is not just some kind of poetic phrase, but a real living dynamic, a person of God that can literally possess you, Mm -hmm. fill you, change you, empower you, and actually cause you to change the world around you. That's right. And in the Salvation Army, there was a great voice of this idea. His name was Samuel Logan Brengel. There are many other voices still Mm -hmm. in the Army today, but uh, Brengel lived in the 19th century, the first two decades of the 20th century, and he was a very gifted, I mean, a phenomenal communicator, and he had a spirit about him. It wasn't just that he was eloquent and precise and articulate. He had a presence about him. And he would attribute that to this idea, that the Holy Spirit possessed him. He grew up in a rough-and-tumble way, had some real hard knocks. Mm -hmm. He was desperately poor. His father died when he was young. His mother remarried, but it was not a happy home. He finds himself as a teenager on the street, eking out his own existence. Mm -hmm. He climbs, he clamors up to find some kind of life. He has an intersection with Jesus. He becomes a follower of Christ, but he's still not fulfilled. His own testimony is, you know, I I was doing the right stuff. I, I was believing the right things. But inside of me, there was a kind of empty space. But then as he was crying out to God for more and just surrendering his life completely, just saying, Lord, I'll do whatever it takes, whatever you want. Is there something in me that needs to be you know, changed? What's the block? Why am I not experiencing the life and the joy that I think is waiting for me? 
And he said, in that heart cry, the Lord responded by filling him with the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And he said, it was a definitive moment, and everything around him was suddenly changed. Mm -hmm. Not only was he changed, he saw everything else. And he was outside, and he began to describe, and these were his words, I simply had pure love. Mm -hmm. It wasn't conditional love. It wasn't encumbered by his own sense of self, what other people would think, what my future going to be. Just in the moment, all he did was love. He loved life. Mm -hmm. He loved the giver of life. He loved the other things that had life. He loved the things that God had made, the blue sky, the green grass, and the birds, and the people, and all of it that had just passed him by before. Now he noticed. And he found life in that. And so pure love for him was this intersection with God, which then... He went in to walk in this way for years. It's interesting to me to be introduced to Samuel Bringle at this point after having um, experience with the Salvation Army because I see the story of his life so in line with the values and attributes and really the central concept of holiness that is a hallmark of the Salvation Army and, I might say, of really all of us, the Wesleyan Holiness family, the, the Church of God, we, our tradition is a part of, descended from um, Methodism, that that this idea of holiness so changed him uh, and so changed the people in the late 19th century that caused them to break out into these different holiness bands to focus on different really justice issues out of a belief out of an experience that said, because the love of God has filled me, I now am to pour the love of God out into the world. And Brinkle brought that to life in his own journey, as so many others have. And as you're listening to us today, you might be thinking, what are they talking about? (laughs) I mean, holiness, what does that mean? And you might imagine some kind of severe discipline or some big list of things, don't do this. But we're not talking about that. We're talking Uh -uh. about pure love here today a pure love that can only come from the Holy Spirit. And when we come back, Kimberly, let's unpack just where this whole idea of the Holy Spirit possessing us, what this holiness idea, where does it come from? I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. It comes right out of the lips of Jesus. Kimberly, you and I both know the story well, as I suspect some of our listeners do, about the last night of Jesus here on earth before he dies on a cross. It's the famous Last Supper. It's the Lord's Supper. It's that that evening meal before the Good Friday. And he gathers together his closest friends, his disciples, and they share this Passover meal. And some of the greatest teaching that the world has ever known falls then on the table. Jesus speaks in the most deep and intimate way with his friends. He tries to prepare them for the challenges up ahead. They can't comprehend what's going to happen next. They don't get it yet, but he does. And along the way, in John chapter 14, and John is an eyewitness, and he writes a gospel that bears his name, and he describes what happens and what Jesus says. And in John chapter 14, Jesus famously made a promise. And I know it's right on the page in front of you, Kimberly. John chapter 14, beginning with verse 15, what does Jesus say? If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give to you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But you know him. 
because he lives with you now and later will be in you. That's a really fascinating passage, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The first thing that strikes me is that it's a promise. Jesus is saying, this is a promise. This is not a maybe. But if you obey my commandments, if you reach to follow me, I'm going to ask the Father. I'm promising you. I'm going to ask the Father in heaven to to give you another advocate. Advocate's a great word. Someone who is for you, not against you. Someone who is going to stand up for you. And and an advocate is like a barrister, like an attorney, like a counselor, Mm -hmm. like someone who's going to be on your defense and your court, who's going to protect and advocate for you. I'm going to ask the Father to give you another advocate. And that advocate is the Holy Spirit. I mean, it's an amazing premise. And then he goes on to say, A lot of people, the world, will never get this because they're not looking for it. But you know this spirit because he's already with you. What did Jesus mean by that? Do you think he's with them? Is he referring to himself? Is he referring to the presence of the spirit just in the room? But it's an external with. I'm side by side. But then his promise is this spirit which is present with you now alongside is actually going to be in you. I think I think it's an important point here, the connection of, in John 13, he's just said, uh, the world will know you by your love, right? And so that that's how the disciples go into the world and are known to be of God, of Christ. And then he says in John 14, but if you love me, obey my commandments. We show Christ that we love him by obeying his commandments. And that if we live in that, then then we will be given this advocate. So what I see here in the text is the Spirit is with you now. You're not aware of it. You're about to be awakened to who the Spirit is, what the Spirit can do, and how the Spirit will transform the world. And that Spirit is going to be inside of you. Mm-hmm. It, again, it's not an external force. Right. It is the person of God who actually will come inside and transform you. Jesus promised his disciples that they would receive an advocate, Mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit himself, Mm -hmm. who would not just be around them, but in them. And so after our Lord goes to the cross and he is buried and dead, he rises from the grave. He spends 40 days talking to these same guys, teaching and instructing them. He ascends to heaven with a promise that he's coming back in person, in his resurrection body. That's coming in the future. But until then, hold on wait around in this town because I'm going to send you this Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So that, that brings us to the second chapter of Acts. What does that say? Just right up front. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost. Pentecost was a festival, mm-hmm. and they were gathered together. Uh, they probably were wondering, when is this Jesus promise going to show up? <laughs> we're not sure what he meant by it. We're not sure what to expect But they had a supernatural moment then. They did. Everyone in the room is filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the text goes on to describe some of the manifestations of Mm -hmm. that presence and and the extraordinary uh, arrival of the Spirit. But for today, just know this. As they gathered together, everyone was present. They gathered together with one mind. They gathered together waiting upon Jesus. They gathered together with hearts wide open. They gathered together dependent on him. Even though the Lord was gone in the flesh, they had committed themselves to following him. And so in all of that 
kind of surrender. We're going to be Jesus people. The Holy Spirit came and filled them. It was a most remarkable event. And I wonder sometimes as people are anxious for this supernatural phenomenon, they get it mixed up with some kind of, uh, well, supernatural gifting that can occur but doesn't always. Right. I mean, Kimberly, have you ever been in the company of someone who imagined that, well, there's this particular phenomenon that I'm experiencing that is the proof, the single proof of the Holy Spirit. Right. And that, I mean, that just contradicts what Paul talks about in terms of gifts. There's no, there's no uh, hierarchy there. It's, it's the idea that the Spirit falls and everybody is filled with that Spirit and given gifts. And they're all of value and they all work together for the good of the body. And we don't choose those gifts. Right. God chooses <laughs> who gets what when. That's right. But there is a fruit of the Spirit that we talked about last week that, mm-hmm. that really is the evidence of the Spirit, this yes. love, joy, peace, mm-hmm. patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. These are the evidences of the supernatural Spirit in us because by our own nature, we would not live with those virtues. Right. But the Spirit strives within us and transforms us. The Spirit comes, though, not just to equip us with these fruit, but also to comfort us. Mm-hmm. He's described as the comforter. And I think that's an important concept because sometimes if you're following Jesus, you're trying to live in this pure love. The world can be a hostile place. Right. There can be difficulties and challenges. There can be circumstances you cannot control, and you might feel like you're alone. But even if you're separated physically from those who love you, you are not alone if you have the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And that Spirit can whisper and direct and guide. We think about following Jesus, the road he traveled led to a cross. (laughs) And uh, as believers, sometimes we think that suffering or trouble won't be a part of our life. But um, in the scriptures, Jesus said, in this world you have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And the way that we experience that overcoming power of Jesus is through the Spirit. And we need that comfort to live out our days on this planet where things are so twisted and um, can be so evil. And that comfort also comes not just in the knowledge of his presence, but his activity. Hmm. So when I feel like I'm under severe pressure and I'm not sure what I can bear, I have an advocate. Hmm. The Holy Spirit is not just in me. He's working around me, mm-hmm. and he's working two steps ahead of me. Right. And he is working with the host of heaven to achieve God's outcomes. And ours is a prevailing God. So it's comforting for me to know, even if I feel isolated, that I am not alone and I have an advocate I can trust. That's right. The Spirit also comes to teach us. I, I love what Jesus said to his disciples on that last night. He said, you know, the Spirit's going to come and he's going to remind you of what I have said. Mm-hmm. And I found myself at times where... I just didn't know what to say or do. And all of a sudden, a phrase, an idea, the words of Scripture out of Jesus' own mouth come out of my Mm -hmm. nowhere, Mm -hmm. and they're there. And I think, that's the Spirit. He's reminding me because he's a teacher, Mm -hmm. not only to remind me, but to inform me about what's up ahead. I think the Spirit can actually direct our paths. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Scripture talks a lot about... um, Allow the Lord to direct your paths. Well, how does that happen? Well, the Spirit, if you're in tune with the Spirit, you're filled by the Spirit, you can stop at the corner and just ask, Lord, am I supposed to be going left or right? Mm -hmm. At that intersection of life or literally in your car, you might just not know what to do and your cell phone doesn't have the answer. (laughs) And so just pray. 
and, and trust that the Spirit is going to impress upon you a way to go. At one level, seems like a very naive and simple way to live. At another level, I think it's the most sophisticated and powerful way to live. Mm, yeah. You are surrendered into the hand of God. Again, I'm struck by the fact that they receive the Spirit together. I know there are times when you can receive the Holy Spirit, and sometimes you need a fresh filling of the Spirit when you're alone. But there is nothing like the gathering of believers hmm. to open up a window. There's something supernatural about people who have gathered together in Jesus' name. The Lord himself promised that he would be present when two or three mm-hmm. gather together. The Holy Spirit has a kind of entree when you are in the company of others who are also surrendering mm-hmm. their lives. Do not underestimate the power of God to meet you in the place where other believers are also seeking Jesus. Oh, it's so true. I mean, that's that's why in the scripture we encounter, like in Hebrews, I love, forsake not the assembly. It's not this, you know, hard, uh, dogmatic statement. Go to church. Make sure you're there like we were growing up every Sunday, every <laughs> Sunday night, every Wednesday night. What it is is this message of love that says, hey, life is hard. You're going to need each other. And sometimes, Jim, when I can't hear what God's saying to me or I'm not sure the way the Spirit is leading me because I come and sit with you and with other believers, you're able to reflect that back to me. You're able to see sometimes what I can't see. And so it's that leaning on each other. It's that coming together in this beloved community where we experience the Spirit together that we help each other along the way. And the Spirit speaks to me through not just the inner impression of my heart, the still small voice, but through the voice of the believers around me who also have the Spirit. And in fact, it's so important, I think, to authenticate my sense of the Spirit's leading Mm -hmm. in my life by how is the Spirit informing those around Mm -hmm. me? Do they affirm my understanding or not? All of this is a supernatural work, but it is something that works. Your life can find some pure love. Just like Bringle did so long ago, just like so many others have, you can too, but how? Well, start by praying with us, just now. Ask God. Jesus said, you know, if you, being an earthly father, will give your children food when they ask for it, how much more will our Father in heaven be willing to give you his spirit when you ask? So we're gonna try that right now. Are you ready? Our Father, we're so thankful today that you know us, each one by name, We thank you that you love us each one the same, not one more than the other, and that none of us have earned your favor. You love us because you made us, because we are. And Lord, we admit that our lives have often gone astray, that sin has been a part of our experience and journey, and we confess that sin. We admit, Lord, we're powerless to to remedy that sin, but we also acknowledge that you have made a way through your son, Jesus, who took our sin, our failure, on his own back, and he died. He went to the grave so that we could live. And he rose from the grave, Lord, so that that resurrection power could open a channel for us to you. And we ask, Lord, that you'll cause us to be born again. We surrender into the Lordship of Christ, acknowledging him as our Savior. But more, Lord, we want more than just to be born again. We also want to be filled by your Spirit. We want to be in your company completely. Lord, stir in us move in us, convict us, encourage us, empower us, cleanse us, change us, make us new. And for everyone, Lord, who is hearing this prayer right now, may they sense that something is happening. 
We pray, Lord, that the work that begins just now in this prayer, in all of us, will continue. And now lead us, Lord, into the company of other believers that we might experience even more of your Spirit. We pray, Lord, that we will be clothed by your pure love Mm -hmm. and that we will share it with others. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so, what's next? Give us a call. This is our number, 1-800-757-VIEW. That's 1-800-757-8439. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We want to hear your question, your comment, your heart cry. You're just good word. Reach out and let us hear your voice. But I understand some people don't want to pick up the phone, just maybe a step too far. A little safer maybe to go online. Kimberly, where would someone go if they wanted to find us online? Yeah, you can reach us online at cbhviewpoint.org. Send us a message there and we'll respond. CBH Christians Broadcasting Hope, that's who we are, viewpoint.org. Or at the last, just send me a letter. Address it to Jim Lyon, Viewpoint, Post Office Box 2420, Anderson, Indiana 46018, USA. But whether you call us by phone, check us out online, or use the post, please. Let us hear from you this week. We'd be so glad to talk to you about the power of the Holy Spirit and His pure love. Thanks, Kimberly, for coming alongside. Always good to be with you. Good to be with you. Good conversation today. And we are so thankful you tuned in as well. And for all of us at the Viewpoint Ministry team, this is Jim Lyon.